I'm Mark McKeever. I'm the head coach of One Knox, and you are listening to the Knox Soccer Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Ganeder, one of your co-hosts of the Knox Soccer Podcast. And before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to make a small announcement. If you've been following along with me since October 2021, you know that I was chronicling the story of One Knoxville Soccer Club under a Substack account, oneknoxchronicles.substack.com. That role is Club Chronicler. I've actually merged into my work with the podcast. So if you go to knoxsoccerpodcast.com and you click up top on Chronicles, you'll see a lot of those articles that I wrote. Uh, That includes an introduction to the league and the division, the South Central. Uh, It includes a story about Mark McKeever, head coach of One Knoxville Soccer Club, as well as profiles of some of the players you may have seen in Saturday's inter-squad friendly, like uh, the big Norwegian striker Sebastian Andresen, the speedy Ghanaian wingback Moses Mensah, and club captain James Thomas. I've also got profiles up there of Chandler Hallwood, a goalie from England who's still to arrive uh, to compete with the club. And also, I'm Bernie Arias, a Costa Rican former U20 international who's played at the FIFA U17 World Cup, who will also be competing with the team this season. Uh, I tell you that because the Knox Soccer Podcast is growing, and I'm really excited for the opportunity to merge these two things together as we head into one Knoxville season. Uh, Really, the sky's the limit, and a lot of great things are to come for soccer in Knoxville. Now, uh, leading into today's episode, uh, you know that on Monday we released a recap including quotes from assistant coach Dean Gray and club players James Thomas and Wyatt Brace. Uh, That recap was of one Knoxville's inter-squad friendly at Webb School of Knoxville. That friendly ended 0-0 and went into penalty kicks in PKs. Wyatt Brace, the West High School goalkeeper, was the penalty kick hero, saving two shots, including the last shot from one of his fellow goalies uh, in that one, the friendly. It was a blast. Uh, one Knoxville had about half of their players there for the friendly. Uh, they will carry around 40 players in total. Like I said, many of them have been arriving this week and will arrive up until Saturday's game against Asheville SC. I'm very excited. Patty's very excited. And I cannot wait for him to introduce today's episode where we actually go in depth on this soon to be rivalry uh, from the perspective of One Knoxville's head coach, Mark McKeever, and Jimmy Wheeler, GM of Asheville City SC. So I'm going to pass this one over to Patty. Welcome to the Knox Soccer Podcast, where we tell the soccer stories of our favorite big town little city, Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm Patrick Teasdale, and you've already heard from Brian Canover. On this episode, we talk with Jimmy Wheeler, GM of Asheville City SC, and our own gaffer about this upcoming match. It is only two days until our first game of Knoxville's inaugural season this Saturday, May 14th at Austin East High School against Asheville City SC. We thought it'd be awesome to give you content each and every day leading up to the match, so stay tuned to your pod feeds each and every morning for a new blast of one Knoxville goodness to get you amped for this season opener. If you've been enjoying this extra content, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Let's do this thing. All right, Jimmy, could you please introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and the soccer club that you support? Yeah, my name is Jimmy Wheeler. I am you know, one of the owners of Asheville City Soccer Club and currently our general manager. So 
oversee the day-to-day operations of the club. And, you know, like many lower level um, teams, I I wear a lot of hats in this organization, but, you know, I've been here from, from day one and, you know, really proud of what we built here in Asheville. Fantastic. And uh, uh, needless to say, you support Asheville City SC. Is that correct? <laughs> needless to say, yeah. And then um, I would say uh, Aston Villa as well. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah. J- uh, Jamie Smith, one of our players, uh, you know, a few years back, his, his dad, uh, you know, his dad was the coach at Villa and uh, now is at Norwich. So uh, it's kind of dipping my toes into, uh, you know, the EPL and, um, you know, an international soccer um, decided to go with Villa. Fantastic. Yeah. And they're, they're not doing too bad. So that's good. Not too bad. A little, little better than last year. Last year it was, Oh, let's say just hanging on for dear life and in, uh, in, in the premier league, but yeah, it, at least uh, safety this year. Right. Uh, Brian, my co-host is a, uh, a, a sad, sad Evertonian. So he is, uh, Oh man, he's in the I, throes I, I of it. Want to, uh, I didn't want to light any flames on that. One. <laughs> but he was an Everton fan over there. Yep. Um, so we'll see what, see what they can do. Anyways, back to the United States, USL two. Um, all right. So can you tell us about Asheville city? How long has it been competing in USL two and what's the team and the culture look like this year? So, you know, initially we started the, the club in 2016 and we were in NPSL a couple of years. Um, you know, we joined USL League Two in 2019, I think end of 2019, I believe it was. And, um, you know, within three or four months, the pandemic hits, we, we lose the 2020 season. Um, so last year was our first season in. So, you know, this is really our, our third off season as part of the USL two. So, you know, we've only played one season, but it really feels like we, we've been here a little while and we're, you know, we're pretty familiar with the clubs. Um, and let's see, you know, in terms of our culture, you know, we're just a, uh, Asheville is, is a hotbed just for, for soccer fans and, um, you know, great adult league, um, you know, numbers, you know, relative to our population are, are, are really good. And then just, a, you know, great youth organization over here as well. Um, you know, consistently you see, you know, a lot of these EPL, you know, um, kind of TV ratings, you know, the Asheville Greenville market is consistently top 10 and in wow. ratings. So it's a soccer community with a high IQ. And, you know, we've been consistently, you know, the lower level uh, attendance uh, numbers are um, a little hit or miss there. But, you know, as far our women's team, you know, a few years ago, we led Division Two nationwide. Um, oh, wow. That's so we awesome. were, you know, there was only nine um, NWSL teams at the time. So we, you know, we like to say we were the, you know, 10th biggest soccer market in the U.S. for the women's side. And our men's side, you know, we've we've done consistently, uh, you know, 2,000 fans a game. Um, That's awesome. Um, at, a, at our home stadium, which we haven't been at since 2019. So we're really excited to get back there and, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully show you guys a good time when, when you uh, repay the visit in June. Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah. So... What about this team and the club has you excited this year? I, I love this time of year. You know, love just, uh, you know, the off season for us, the USL League 2 and, and USLW League is just is so long, you know, and it's really a nine-month off season for a three-month season. So really just, you know, for lack of a better term, getting the band back together. But, yeah. you know, we've got new co- coaching staffs on on both sides of, of the team and really a lot of new faces in our not only our organization, but – 
um, from the player side of things and really just seeing what we've got on the field. You know, I think we've done a lot of things well as a club um, throughout our, this will be our fifth season now on, on, on the men's side, but, you know, we really want to, you know, want to make a deep playoff run. And, um, you know, we think we've, we've had the best team we've ever had. Um, uh, but of course, every team this, this time of year looks good on paper, right? Yep. Yep. So, you know, getting the team together and, um, but I say what I'm looking uh, forward to the most is really getting back to Memorial stadium, you know, our, uh, our home field and, you know, really getting those big crowds, you know, last year we were able to play, but, you know, it's kind of reduced capacity, like, uh, you know, most people were so, um, really just getting the, getting the fans, getting the community back together to, uh, you know, rally behind the, these teams. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So the Smoky Mountain series is brand spanking new and it's yep. a rivalry that literally starts this Saturday, the 14th of May. So tell us how did it come all together and what are your hopes for these two games that we'll play this season? Yeah. So, you know, we had heard rumblings that, you know, there was a, as there was a new group in Knoxville that was, uh, you know, starting a team and, you know, that had early aspirations to, uh, you know, to go pro and, um, you know, they were going to play in USL league two for, for a couple of years. And, you know, we think that Asheville and Knoxville, um, you know, the, the, the cities that have a lot of similarities, you know, kind of the opposite sides of, of the mountain, you know, less than a two hour drive and, you know, big enough cities, but not these huge metro areas like your, you know, kind of Charlotte, Atlanta. Right, right. Um, so just naturally, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, fit with, you know, demographics and, um, you know, kind of the same feel a little bit in the cities. But, you know, we we kind of talked with, uh, you know, Drew and, you know, some of the ownership over there and, you know, um, at the owner's meeting back in December. And, you know, it kind of said, hey, let's keep continuing the conversations um, about getting some kind of series together because, um, yeah, like I said, just a great fit between the two clubs. And, you know, w we obviously hope to get a couple of wins out of it, but um, really just kind of building this rivalry, um, you know, kind of as we've been over in USL League Two, we haven't really had that um, that big rival like we've had, you know, the women's side, the Charlotte Eagles, uh, you know, it's kind of been a rival for a few mm -hmm. years. Um, you know, back in the NPSL is the you know, Greenville FC, you know, Chattanooga, I think we'd like to think we were rivals with them, but, um, you know, we were, ne we were never able to knock them off. So, you know, good rivalry, uh, you know, takes, takes two sides of it. Right. So, right. um, yeah, really excited just, to, just to get after it. And we know, uh, you know, a lot of respect for what, um, you know, Drew and, uh, and, and company have done over there and, you know, hiring a great coaching staff and, you know, we know they're going to be a force from day one to, to, to be reckoned with. Yeah. Okay, cool. One Knoxville has spent the early part of its existence reaching out to the community and building out a supporter culture and you guys are several years ahead of us. What is the supporter culture like at Asheville and will your fans be traveling for this match? We think so. We, we think they'll definitely be traveling. You know, we, we've got a, you know, group of, you know, about 15, 20, um, you know, of, uh, kind of anointed themselves. The South Slope Blues is, uh, you know, is, nice. is our, nice. what we call our supporters group. They've been just fantastic to us. And, you know, if you've seen any of the videos of, uh, you know, of, of our fans, you know, right behind the benches there and the big yep. metal bleachers at Memorial Stadium and, um, you know, just people from, you know, kind of all walks of life. And, you know, I think that's, uh, it's, it's very Asheville uh, supporters group. Sweet. And, 
you know, um, you know, that doesn't matter what you look like, where you come from, you know, you, you know, that you're welcome here at Asheville and at, at Asheville city soccer club. That's awesome. Well, and then I, I, I was doing some research, the blue of your Jersey coming from the mountains, which we kind of do that as well. And mm -hmm. then the white just being an inclusive, the inclusiveness, right. Of just like, um, Asheville being inclusive culture, inclusive, inclusive city. And that's what also the, your club is for as well. So which is yeah, super absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And we really lean into that as a club and, um, you know, we think we've highlighted that as, you know, our, our pride night games are, you know, are what we hope is the biggest night of the year. I think it's be June 11th this year, but we've had just great turnout for that. And, um, you know, really, you know, I think our, um, you know, kind of community work and, um, you know, over the past few years has, um, has really highlighted that as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. What have you guys have done for community outreach um, and those those types of things? Yeah. So one of the things, are, you know, is our Just Play initiative. So that's to, um, you know, help help younger kids, you know, get involved in the game. Um, you know, kind of our saying is it only takes a ball. Right. And you, you, know, you see awesome. all around the world and, um, you know, in developing countries, countries that, you know, are not say, as, as fortunate as, as we are here in the States and, you know, some of the best players in the world come from, you know, very little, right. And you know, all, all you need is a ball or that's a, you know, grass field, a dirt field, whatever mm -hmm. it is. So, you know, we're hoping to get, you know, soccer balls, um, you know, incorporate soccer into communities maybe that haven't, um, you know, that, that maybe aren't um, as familiar with the game as others. So that's one that that's been really good. That's kind of our, our, community outreach arm uh, for the club, but also, you know, our work with the uh, campaign for uh, Southern equality. Um, so we really highlight them and we've had a great relationship with them, working with them over pride night, our past few years. Fantastic. Um, but also, you know, sending some of our players into, uh, you know, community centers and, um, you know, these youth uh, summer programs, yeah. having to get out there and, you know, just kick around a ball a little bit and, you know, have, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of a role model for, you know, for, for the kids in these programs. Um, but really just trying to, you know, you know, any nonprofit that really reaches out, you know, say, Hey, come set up a tent at the game. Why don't you highlight your, your initiative and we'll see if we can uh, help out where we can with that. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. One Knox has tried to, I guess, follow y'all y'all's model and other teams model as well, really engage with the community doing that. Like you just like, like, like you guys going out playing also being in a part of organizations, um, and then supporting them. So it's been, it's been really cool that, um, y'all have done it. One Knox is starting to do it where it's like, Hey, this is, this is grassroots. This isn't, you know, just a team drops out of the sky and here it is, you know, it's like, no, we're, we really want to be engaged. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it does take a lot of work and it, it takes mm -hmm. time, you know, like you said, you don't just start in year one and, um, just have this, you know, big community outreach. Right. And you've got to, you've got to build whether, you know, with the, the adult league, the youth leagues, right. And yep. to kind of get people, um, to know that, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to be here for a while. You know, we're, you know, this is what we're, we're in Asheville. We we've got our roots in Asheville and, um, you know, this community just has been so great to us. And, you know, we try to give back as much as we can. That's awesome. All right. So last question. So in All the, right. U in the USL two preseason top 25, one Knox was ranked number four, even before kicking a ball 
Asheville yep. was Asheville was not ranked, but two other teams in the division were, and we know there's quality across the division, and it's going to be a tough one for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you'll be our first test for one Knox. So not giving anything away, but what should Mark McKeever and the gang expect from Asheville this Saturday? We are a competitive bunch and we hate to lose. And, you know, we think this is the, the best team we've ever assembled. Um, but I know, you know, knowing that, um, you know, Mark and his staff, their, um, their background and, you know, the, the quality of players that, that they're bringing in, we, we are not going to be caught off guard for, for one second. And, um, yeah, we, we, we've certainly been passing around those, those 20 top 25 rankings and, uh, you know, hey, we missed we missed out on a playoff spot by one point last year, and we thought oh, we were good enough to make it. Um, but you know, Tormenta, Bantams, and East Atlanta were the um, the three to come out of our division last year, and so um, you know, we understand we've got to earn that ranking. And um, you know, I know you guys, uh, you know, even as an expansion side club, jumping up to number four, but you know, we we think that's well deserved with uh, you know with the the quality of. Uh, of, of the team that, um, one Knox is bringing in, but, um, you know, we know from, from, from the opening kick, we'll be, we'll be ready to go. And, you know, there's only two playoff spots out of 10. So, you know, you drop, uh, you drop one game, you know, you have one bad week in this conference. Uh, you know, you could be in for an uphill climb to get to the playoffs. And, you know, we think hands down, we've got the toughest conference in the country. You know, yeah. you look at yeah. the, um, you know, multiple teams with um, USL one uh, teams uh, ab above them um, and a lot of teams with with aspirations to go USL one. Um, so it, it's going to be a battle from day one. So it's, uh, you know, traveling to Knoxville for, you know, your first game ever. I know you guys are going to be uh, hyped for that. So that's going to be a, be a tough one for, for day one from us. But we, we look forward to the challenge. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And and like you said, you know, ev everyone looks great on paper, you know, uh, yeah. the start of the season. So, uh, yeah. but I got, I got faith in one Knox. We're going to, we're going to do fantastic. Yeah. This Saturday is going to be awesome. Um, yeah. It should be a good one. And Hey, hopefully at the end of the day, maybe it's the two of us who are, who are in those two playoffs. Oh spots. man. Yeah. That's but, great. So uh, it was, it was three spots last year now, or, and now it's only two spots. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Last year it was three out of nine. So, okay. you know, you, uh, you know, you drop a couple games, you tie a couple games, you know, you're still, still right in there. And, um, you know, we were right there for the third spot, right down there to, uh, to the last week, but, you know, just came up a little bit short and, mm. uh, we, we look forward to, you know, building on, you know, our success from year one and, and USL league two, but, uh, you know, get a playoff spot this year. I know yeah. that the, uh, that's the goal for everybody. Yep. And then, I mean, just with the, how, how compact the fixtures are, you know, a like a Saturday, Tuesday, you know, there's a weekend and weekday. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's going to be a thrill. It's going to be a whirlwind. It is. Yeah. And, you know, it looks like if you play that midweek game, you know, it's a really on average about every other week you'll play on midweek and pretty much every weekend. So, you know, a lot of times you're playing three times in eight days, right. And sometimes twice on the road and, you know, luckily, um, you know, I think for, for you guys and us as well, we're kind of in the middle of the group there. Mm -hmm. um, so nothing is is that bad. I guess our, our trip to Nashville is uh, will be an overnighter, but um, everything else is, is pretty reasonable. So we do have a um, you know pretty solid conference, but um, there's no gimmies here. You know, we, we learned that yeah. from, uh, from from day one over here, just because you beat somebody 
Um, and we beat East Atlanta 4-0, you know, early on last mm. year. They came back tied us 0-0 at, at our place. And that that was, in the end, what, what got them in. So, uh. you know, this, this summer league, you know, USL 2 is, um, you know, it's how quick your guys can come together. But at the same time, these guys are, these guys are still young. And, you know, um, you know, just because you have a, a, a one good week, you know, next week, you know, all of a sudden the next team's ready to go. And, you know, you let your guard down a little bit, all of a sudden you're in trouble in the standings. Yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, well, Jimmy, Hey, we're so excited to host you guys this Saturday, uh, to kick off our inaugural season and this rivalry. And then, like you said, we'll ascend on Asheville June 21st to play right in the heart of downtown. We can't wait. Uh, Jimmy, thanks so much for being on the pod and we'll see you on Saturday. Thanks for having me. See you then. All right, so Mark, this week uh, we're splitting duties. So Patrick spoke to Jimmy Wheeler, GM of Asheville City, a few days ago to get his perspective on the first game of the USL2 season and the first ever Smoky Mountain Derby. And I'm, I get to speak to you about what the team is anticipating for its debut on Saturday, May 14th at the Field of Austin East. You are five days into preseason. The squad's been training since Monday morning. Uh, right off the bat, how are you feeling about what, what you've seen so far, are you seeing the makings of a team that's ready for kickoff on the 14th, um, which is at the moment we're speaking just, just over a week from now? Yeah, uh, all we're doing is laying the foundations. Um, we, we knew that uh, we were going to have a good team uh, before the team arrived here. Um, now it's just putting everything into, into motion, uh, allowing the players to create those connections, uh, allowing the players to to get their fitness up. A lot of them are just refreshing because they're coming off a, a college season. Um, some lads are coming just fresh back from injury. So we're juggling a lot of variables, but yeah, I'm very happy with the, with the progression this week. It, it started off uh, um, just playing and then slowly but surely we've uh, turned the heat up a little bit. Uh, the intensity's got a little bit bigger and um the culture is getting a little bit stronger so we're, we're certainly happy with the first uh, with the first weekend and we have a talented team there's no doubt okay uh so when we spoke earlier in the year we talked about this division which was called the deep south now it's called the south central division uh you called it hands down toughest division in the country jimmy from Asheville city when he talked to patrick he said uh you lose one game and you could be in for an uphill climb uh so we know this year only two teams of nine will qualify for the playoffs. Asheville missed out by one point last year. How important is it for you to get the season started with a win? Uh, do you and the and the players do you and the players feel a sense of pressure to do so since you're debuting the club in front of a of a home crowd? Uh, what is the feelings around what's about to happen in in just a couple of days? I don't think we have any external pressures. There's all the hype, uh, you know, the rankings come out, number four in the league and blah, blah, blah. How realistic is that? I don't care about rankings, Brian. Um, you know, like, uh, it's going to it's gonna be a tough season. Every game you have to play like a cup final. It, it's that simple. If you're going to be successful at the end, you have to peak in 14 games. Every game is as important as one another. So we, we call that sprint finish. You stumble in the beginning, you get loose. You stumble in the middle, you get loose. Stumble in the end, there's no postseason. So 
you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to try and hit the ground running as fast as we can and hopefully keep going until that final whistle in the last game. When I spoke to James Thomas, um, when he was giving us a breakdown of the roster for the podcast uh, last month, uh, he talked about what's really important with the, the coaches of One Knoxville, with what he's known about you and Dino for years, uh, is not so much the accolades or the um, the predictions about league position or the, the how good the players are on paper. It's about working hard. Uh, is that what you're driving into the players this week? Like, I don't care who you are, where you came from, we're here. And, and you talk about this culture. Um, are you working on really driving that, that home with them? Yeah, I, th I think the first ingredient to success is always hard work. Um, there's other there's other factors that are involved. Uh, you know, you have the formation, you have the quality of the individuals within the formation, but uh, the, the glue is the hard work. If everybody's working hard, uh, I feel as though we give ourselves uh, a good chance at being successful. So, yeah, well, like I say, we're, we're, we're trying to turn the heat, heat up on the intensity, the ground covered. Uh, slowly but surely, we're giving little bits of knowledge each day, and and hopefully, as it hits May the fourteenth, we won't be the finished uh, article by May fourteenth. We'll, we'll just be starting like every other League Two team is. So we just hope that uh, we're in a place to go and compete uh, as best we can, and give ourselves the best chance of getting a W in that first game. Okay, so Asheville is entering its third season. One of those was lost to COVID. Um, so this is really their second playing season, and they've had some time to develop their their culture. The team has its supporters group, the South Slope Blues, uh, who like to get rowdy during their home matches, and, and it's likely that some of them will make the one-and-a-half-hour drive to Knoxville since it's so close. Um, one Knoxville's had a handful of community events, including a meeting last week at Gypsy Circus Cider where you and the coaches got to hang out with the Scruffs, which are One Knoxville's emerging supporter group. What's your reaction to the community response so far to you? To I know you've been doing media, the media rounds recently, um, to One Knoxville, to to the team. Um, what's your reaction to all of that? Yeah, I know the, the the people in the community, the supporters groups, the investment uh, in the community uh, uh, coming to these events is it's just been breathtaking. It's you know I tell people it's just it's almost like a dreamy situation. It's a it's a situation you would dream of as a coach to be involved in and. And certainly, I think it's going to rub off on the players. You know, I think uh, it'll help the players run that uh, extra 10 yards when they get really, really tired, you know, and when the, when the game's really, really tight, 0-0, zero, zero, or when we're a goal down, we, we believe that, that uh, the Scruffies can be the, the, 11, uh, the 12th man uh, for us on the field. So it's, it's been wonderful, and, and I'm really, really grateful to the, to the community for their support and their investment in the club. And... And we're all excited to represent, uh, represent the, obviously the club, represent the city and, and yeah, try and bring you as much success as we possibly can, basically. You know, there's, uh, there's no guarantees to success, but we're going to try our hardest. We're going to give it everything we have in our tank. All right. So, um, you know, we've got a handful of local players in this squad, and we've talked about that before uh, for Knoxville, how meaningful it is to have players who... Uh, grew up here, who have played here for a while, who who fans and families are going to be familiar with, to have them in this squad. Among them, Wyatt Brace, a goalkeeper over at West High School, Saadi from, from Austin East State Championship winning team last year, Gus Rivera, a former Knoxville Catholic player who's a very familiar face around all of the adult 
soccer leagues here in Knoxville. How have they been integrating into the team this first week? Fantastic. Uh, they've been working their backsides off as well. Um, I think the biggest thing about all the names that you just mentioned is, is not just the quality that they provide on the training ground, it's that they're quality young men. They're just good to be around. And I've I've got a feel for that in this whole team. It's a, it's a culture that is starting to develop really, really quick and and having good people, uh, lots of good people in the same place um, gives you a chance to make a, a special culture. So all those young men are, are definitely facilitating that culture. They're, they're providing a function at training, they're working really, really hard. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I would like to take a guess and, and say that they're all really enjoying the experience. Okay, great. Uh, have you noticed? I know. I know James is the captain. Um, he's taken it on himself to really help bring the squad together and be that glue that sticks sticks everyone together. Have you noticed a sense of you know uh, mentorship or or this sense of kind of being like a, a big brother or this like you know guide to some of these players who who are younger or who may have never been around your culture and this this level of soccer before. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, we have a number of players that have already played in my system. So, you know, those lads are going to be educating the other lads on the, the do's and the don'ts, <laughs> the rights and the wrongs. And uh, yeah, no, the culture's coming to, together really, really fast. Um, and well, we've still got some massive leaders to step in the door yet as well, which is really, really exciting. But I think at the end of the day, you know, Jamesy is kind of a wee, a wee bit of reflection on my voice and, and my standards and he'll reinforce the things that I'm wanting from the group. But uh, to be honest, we need everybody to be a leader in some capacity. So it's not just about Jamesy, it's not just about a captain, it's about everybody with an investment into the culture. Um, and if everybody invests in the culture, then it will be a cracking one. That'll be very, very good. So I had the fortune of talking to some of the players uh, while they were still at college before preseason. I got to have a, an hour-long conversation with, with James. I've talked to Moses Mensah, who's coming from Campbell University. Uh, I'm Fernie Arias from Syracuse, former Costa Rica U17 international. Chandler Hallwood, who's played with Jordan Pickford, um, the greatest goalkeeper in England at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> the hair, the hair that doesn't move even when, even when he's sacrificing his body to save a last minute goal. Even when he's saving the ball with his face, the hair doesn't move. Um, and and you, I talked to Sebastian Thor, Andreessen. Um, what are the names that supporters should be looking out for, or or should be looking forward to? Are, are any players standing out so far um, during practices that? Uh, supporters may want to keep their eyes on come come game time on the 14th? They're all standing out. Every, everyone that stepped foot in the door has had really, really high moments. Everyone that stepped foot in the door currently has had mistakes. Um, they're all good players. I'm not going to single out any players. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be a rotation. We need everybody to be invested, everybody to play a role. So I'm hesitant to, to point out any one single player because They've all had fantastic moments. They've all had wow moments where, you know, one day we're talking about, you know, uh, player X and the next day we're talking, we're sitting after training talking about player Y. Did you see that? Did you see how good this player was? Did you see what he did today? And and it shifts. And then, you know, start chatting about little groups of players in terms of, okay, look, did you see the centre-backs today? The centre-backs were fantastic. Or 
maybe it was uh, ah, the white players didn't perform today or the strikers were off the boil a little bit today. Uh, goalkeepers, uh, I will say this, um, I'm really happy with the goalkeeper situation. You know, we've got uh, uh, Ryan and, and Peter and um, Ryan Troutman and Peter Swinkles. And then young Wyatt is 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 pushing the two of them as well, you know. And he's uh, he's definitely he's pushing himself and he's pushing those around him. But uh, the quality of those two so far has been, you know, we are going to have a tough decision come May the fourteenth. A tough decision. Then you add Chandler uh, Chandler Hallwood into that uh, mark, and it's like, oh wow. <laughs> so really, really happy with the goalkeeping. I feel as though that we have three number ones. But I could get through the squad with you, Brian, and I feel as though that you know we could we could put out two teams that could go and they could compete and tie three three at the end of ninety minutes if we put our two elevens uh, versus each other, and and that's a big part of the the success in USL. It's having the ability to have a squad and balance it and rotate it and still maintain a high level. But uh, yeah, it's uh it's about the team, it's about the unit, and not about an individual. Because of the way that. USL League Two works, and and since many of these players are coming from college, you're just getting them them now. The college semesters are are just starting to end. Do you have players that you're still waiting to join the team who haven't been there for this first week of practices? Do you have your coaching staff in place, or are things still kind of coming together uh, just as we get close to that home opener? They're coming together towards the home opener, and they'll still be coming together in the last game of the season. <laughs> Everything is changing. It's constantly changing. Uh, obviously, myself and Dean's uh, here. We, we've been here full-time. Um, we've had the fortune of bringing in Hamat, the UT uh, goalkeeper coach, um, who's been wonderful for us this week. Um, Nick uh, Jaramillo will be in on Sunday. He's actually just finishing off his USSFB licence. So we feel as though by Sunday, by the start of next week, the coaching staff will be complete. Um, and we have probably only half our team right now. Uh, there's still a bunch of players to come in. So we'll have some players come in today, some players come in tomorrow, and all the way up until June the 6th, I think, is the last player arrival. So, uh, yeah, lots of variables, lots of changing. But, you know, so long as we've got a plan and, and the players are helping us with that plan, with their communication, then we'll find a way to make it work. Okay, and many people are gonna recognize that name, Hemant Sharma. Hemant is a absolute beacon fixture in the soccer scene in Knoxville. I've known him for many, many years. Uh, we're both from New Jersey. Uh, and so we've we've had a good laugh about that. Um, so uh, it's exciting to hear that name associated with, with the club because just like with the local players, um, people, they know these people, they're going to run into them, they're familiar with them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mark, when we spoke uh, the first time, I asked you about the style of play, um, the way that you like your teams set up, yeah. the, the priorities that you give your players, and you described it as um, this, if you could, you'd have, uh, uh, you'd replicate the Barcelona tiki-taka model, fast transitions, um, Sebastian Andresen described your coaching style as very intense, very high expectations. Um, James has described it as quick transitions, quick movements. Um, what can the fans expect as they're getting ready for this first game? You know, they, they may not have watched a lot of matches on YouTube, but they're watching the Premier League. They're watching the Champions League. They're, they're absorbing all this information about soccer. Um, what 
can you tell fans about the style of play, what they can look forward to when they're sitting in those bleachers and you know watching the kickoff, getting ready for 90 minutes of, of one Knoxville soccer? Yeah, I, I would say right now we, we, have, we have a machine. Uh, the, the machine is not very efficient right now. So what we're trying to do with this machine is tighten all the nuts and bolts to make it more and more efficient as we go through the season. Um, that's going to come obviously with training habits, with playing habits, with understanding each other, with understanding the formation, understanding you know what what our opponents are going to bring to the table. So the way I'd explain it is we're probably we're a Ford Fiesta right now, and we're trotting along the highway. But by by the end of the season, we hope to turn that Ford Fiesta into a Corvette and be flying on the outside lane past everybody. <laughs> so, uh, but it's a process. It's a process, and there's no guarantee that we get there. But we're going to try to get there. Um, I like my players to play uh, with intensity. Um, I feel as though we we play every game like it's our last. We don't know what tomorrow brings, so we want to go out and and exhaust our tanks and leave everything on the field. And if we do that and we look back uh, at the game and uh, as a reflection, if my players have given everything, I'll accept the result. Got it. And so I know there are some coaches who like to prepare for teams specifically. There are other coaches that take the same approach regardless of who they're facing. Um, You have some familiarity with Asheville City. I know that they are also a very ambitious club looking to steal one of those two spots to get into the playoffs this year. Um, what are you expecting from them when they come to visit Knoxville? Are, are you preparing in any specific way for that team? I think as you go through the season, you can have a better pulse on what's coming at you. In the beginning of the season, like Asheville, for example, are playing tonight. They're playing against North Carolina, who we played in the final last year. A very good side. So that'll be a good test for them. But if I had to harbour a guess, Brian, I would say that most likely that only half of those starters that will be facing us next week are actually in the door right now. And those players for them will be trickling in. Uh, So we're focusing on ourselves. I'm a a big believer in, you know, looking after your own house, uh, making sure your own house is good and not kind of worrying too much about what everybody else is doing. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in, in keeping it simple uh, and, and try to simplify things as much as I possibly can. So, you know, yeah, I mean, we had the chance to go and watch Asheville tonight. We didn't feel as though it was going to serve a function because we know it's going to probably change much by the time that they get here. Uh, teams play different from home than they do away from home sometimes. Um, you know, injuries, etc., could happen within the next week, like ourselves, you know, and I would... Again, if I had to harbour a guest, I would say that Coach Wells um, is a good friend of mine. Uh, I would say that he probably doesn't even know what his starting 11 is going to be come next Saturday. Like, I don't know. Uh, We're figuring all that out. So we're concentrating on ourselves and we're trying to make ourselves be the best that we possibly can be. And hopefully come May 14th, that'll be good enough for us. We will discuss, obviously, how to play against various uh, setups. Um, you know, and without concentrating too much in certain individuals, we we know that Asheville have a talented team. I know a lot of those players, uh, some of the players we actually talked to, uh, to come to One Knox uh, as well. So we have a good pulse on the level of play that they have. And I would say that they are, they're, they're a completely different monster from what they were in 2021. So, or, or 2021, I should say. 
So different beast we're dealing with. Okay, and my last question. Uh, it seems like you're the kind of, of man who leaves the predictions to, to the pundits and to the journalists and to the fans. So I'm not going to ask you for a scoreline prediction for, for the home opener, but if you could give the fans a prediction of, of what to expect, um, what would you tell them uh, they're, they're, about to, they're about to be ready to receive? Yeah, um, like I say, uh, you're going to see a Ford Fiesta going along the highway that we're going to try and turn into a Corvette. So um, we're going to give it our best, Brian. I don't want to give too much away, obviously. Um, and I'm going to leave that for, for Asheville to figure out uh, in the 90 minutes against us. And, and maybe we can have a little bit of reflection after the game about what we tried to do and, and that kind of stuff. So we, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll reiterate again. It's, you know, we, we are going to go for it. <laughs> We're going to go for it. And our purpose on May the 14th is to score more goals than our opponent scores against us. Be sure to grab your tickets for this Saturday's match against Asheville City SC at Austin East High School over at OneKnoxSC.com. We'll link it up in the show notes. All proceeds go to Austin East, and the match starts at 7.30. That's all we got for you today. Tune in tomorrow where we chat with James Thomas, and he tells us what to expect and hope from the fans. Yeah.